Welcome to Life After Beauty School, What I Wish Someone Told Me, a podcast for glampreneurs who want to take their business to the next level. If you struggle with building your clientele, marketing yourself on social media, working long hours behind the chair, or maybe you've been in the beauty industry for a while and you're tired of hustling and ready to run an effective business, you might want to stop and take a listen because this podcast is for you. I'm Deandra Giselle, hairstylist, business coach, and educator. I discuss real action plans and solutions to help you live a wealthy life. Now let's get into this podcast. Hello, Glampreneurs. We are back with another episode of Life After Beauty School, aka Labs. I want to introduce you to a phenomenal guest today, and she's here to discuss what her and her business partner, aka identical twin sister, has how they have pivoted their business during the pandemic. So I want to introduce my guest. She's a hairstylist, makeup artist, wig maker, wig slayer, and much more. That's right. She is the co-owner of the successful business, Glam Lux. Our guest today is Natalie Ganther. Natalie, thank you so much for joining me. This is an absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me, Deandra. Awesome. (laughs) So really, I just have to be honest with you, Glampreneurs. So we took this conversation from Clubhouse. And if you don't know about Clubhouse, you need to get into it and check it out. Um, We had this conversation in a room on Clubhouse, and I thought it was really good that we should bring it to the podcast. And really because what's happening is that our beauty industry has changed. And in order for us to make more money, we kind of have to think beyond working behind the chair. So how can we make more money without us having to physically do the work? And I believe that Natalie, you and your sister, Nicole, you guys did a really good job pivoting that. So the first thing is, how did you guys start with the pivot? Well, let's back up. Tell us okay. more about Glam Lux because some some people might not be familiar with you. So what is Glam Lux and how did you guys get started? Glam Lux is a overall beauty business. Um, we like to think of beauty as being ageless and timeless. And um, it really started in childhood, honestly. Uh, we were never the pretty girls at school. We weren't uh, the popular girls. You know, we had a little bit of talent. But, um, you know, our parents, they just really, they were very religious and not, not with pop, pop culture, so to, so to speak. But um, my sister and I got into hair because, um, you know, my mom couldn't do it. I mean, just for, for lack of better words, you know, she just, she just really wasn't good at that. So me and my sister got into it and started doing each other's hair. And then we started doing our friend's hair. And um, then we got into makeup and to the point where we had to even get um, permission slips to wear lipstick (laughs) in middle school because my mom's like, hey, if they're into it and they're good at it, I want to foster that. And so kudos to my mom for really fostering our desire to get into hair and makeup and to fashion and beauty, you know. Yeah. So um, kudos to to my mom for that. Um, Absolutely. But by the time we got to high school, you know, we were the braiders. Everybody would come to us for braids. I started sweeping up hair at a hair salon uh, when I was in high school just to get my fingers wet um, and get an idea of what it's like to be a hairstylist. And I possibly wanted to do that as a career. Um, But I had parents who were very intellectual and very religious. (laughs) My dad was an engineer at NASA, my mom was a school teacher. So they're like, oh, you're going to go to college first. You're going to learn the business side. And then when you're done with that, then you can go to cosmetology school and um, be a cosmetologist, learn how to do hair That's uh, professionally. Funny. That's funny you say that because my mom is a nurse for, she was a nurse for over 50 years. My dad uh-huh. was an art teacher. And when I wanted to do hair first, that was exactly what they said. You're going to go to right? school first. Like, well, really it was like, you, you're, you want to be a hairstylist? Like you want to stand on your feet all day? Is that what you really want to do? Right. And, um, they did the same thing. So I think that's pretty common when I start talking to people, like when you say that as a kid, I, it might change now because we're, we know more now, but yes. back yes. then it was like, what are you trying to do? 
Right. And back in the day, it it really, I don't think it was valued like it is now because um, first impressions are everything. And so um, being a hairstylist wasn't really valued because I don't think hairstylists back then were making as much money as hairstylists can make now. You know, beauty, um, your persona, your, your online presence, you know, all that is, is about what people see with their eyes. So beauty is, you know, people are willing to pay top dollar for it now. And so back, you know, 20 years ago, when I was going to college, you know, that wasn't something that people were like, Ooh, I want to grow up and be a hairstylist, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I took their advice. I went to college. I started as a business major, ended up coming out as a music major, long story. That's another (laughs) podcast. That's but, a that's um, time for another podcast. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that was another pivot, you know, so it's, yeah. it's relatable. It, you know, it was another pivot uh, in college when I realized that um, music was my passion as well as hair. But we did hair all in the dorm, all through college. I worked at a hair salon across the street from campus. Uh, there I learned how to barber because I worked at a unisex shop. Anyway, fast forward. Wait to a minute. Now, what school did you go to? I went to Morrow Beauty College in Glendale. But in college, when you were going, when you worked across oh. at a beauty salon, what college uh-huh. were you went to? Where did you get your degree at? Oh, um, I went to Norfolk State University in Virginia. Okay, that's how I was like. I went to an HBCU. Yeah. Okay, now I was like, hold on, across <laughs> the street. Because, you know, I went to an HBCU too. So I'm like, that sounds like HBCU territory. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Tony's unisex hair salon right across the street from campus. That's funny yep. because um, in going to HBCU, for those of you guys don't know, it's a historical black college. And um, I remember I needed my hair braided, but I didn't braid. So I was the girl that you came to if you wanted a relaxer, if you wanted yes. a haircut. <laughs> and you could literally put your head outside and say, hey, who does, you know, kinky twist? Who does uh-huh. micro braids? And Micros. like, oh, I do. Yes. Saturday was the hair day before the club. (laughs) Yes. I have all those fond memories. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But um, we finished school, graduated. Um, Both of us had a hard time finding work immediately. So we decided to go into the school district. We're teachers for 15 years. Okay. And then we we just got burnt out. And we were like, you know what? Um, We want to do something else. And we kind of moonlighted as hairstylists. You know, we would do weddings on the weekend. We would do um, hair at night, after school, hair for the students, hair for their parents. Mm-hmm. I even did my principal's hair, my administrator's hair. Oh, wow. <laughs> Doing hair all over the place. And so I talked to my dad and he was like, you know what? If you're tired of teaching, hey, quit that job, you know, and start your business. You and your sister are very smart. You have all the tools. You have all the support you need. Just put it out there in the atmosphere, write the vision, make it plain, start the business. And so that's what we did. I went, finished my hours to get my cosmetology license. Um, My sister, after I finished, my sister went to uh, LA Trade Tech and got her license to be an esthetician. And we were in business. You know, once we both finished school, we put our two weeks in at the school district and we launched the business. The most important piece of launching Glamlux Beauty was going to, uh, I can't remember the hotel. I want to say it was the Hilton in Long Beach, whatever, wherever hotel it was, we could see the water. It was a beautiful view. It was pricey. We spent two nights and we had these huge posted boards that we put up all around the room and we wrote the vision. We decided on who our target audience was going to be, the budget, what we were going to do and what we were going to do for the next 10 years. So this year, we're going to roll out this. The next year, we're going to roll out this. We're going to roll out this. And we stuck to that plan. And um, Glamlux Beauty's, you know, before the quarantine, things are a little different. And that's what we're talking about today. But we offered, you know, full service hairstyling, makeup, facials, microblading, lashes, and wigs. Wow. So Glamlux Beauty, we still offer most of that, um, but a lot of it has been non-contact services. And we'll talk about that. What I want to pause on, because I did a podcast previously about vision and um, the fact that you and your sister, first of all, I know it was scary to quit 
a very, <laughs> a very solid, scary. yeah, what we call a solid job into new territory, right? Yes. But you guys had a vision first. And I, I want to stop there because if you guys would have just stopped, period, no planning, no, let's get it together, let's figure it out. I mean, it probably wouldn't be what it was today. So what gave you guys the insight to take two days, come together and plan what your business would look like? Well, I mean, we took all the tools that we learned being school teachers, pretty mm -hmm. much, you know, that's what they had us do at the beginning, the end of every school year was to make a plan to set goals for yourself to, to determine what didn't work in the past. And what are the, for us, we had to talk about what the bottom line um, was that we needed to quit these jobs. Like how much money did I need in the bank to feel secure? How much money did I need to make every month to, you know, make ends meet and still deposit into the business and grow the business? So um, we, we took those skills that we got from, from being school teachers and working for the school district and put them into our business. And I realized, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, is that I needed, I needed to be a teacher for 15 years. I needed to work at the school district. Those are all the lessons I needed to learn in order to be successful. And when I say we were successful, like off jump, like first year, you know, 20 weddings. The first year, we just put the word out. We didn't, there was no formal introduction to Glam Lux. We just kind of just popped up. Social yeah. media, word of mouth. You so know, we didn't really have any marketing tools yet, but. No, but your yes. work spoke for itself. And just Absolutely. so you know, I'm a little biased because they did my wedding. <laughs> I'm a little biased, but you guys' work spoke for yourself. And that's, that was funny to me because I had a hard time finding someone who would do my hair and makeup because I was a hair mm -hmm. makeup artist. And people were like, yeah. Because uh, I can be picky, but I'm like, no, I looked right away. I saw your work and that's what I wanted. I wanted to look like a better version of myself, but I didn't want to look like I did it because then it looks right. like how I always do my makeup. Right. So I felt like you, what you guys do is your work spoke for itself. And then the fact that you came together with a plan, I mean, yes. there, there's nothing but success from there. All right. So Let's talk about, let's fast forward all the way to the pivot because okay. we were all kind of hit and we didn't know how to navigate through the shutdowns. And when we were on Clubhouse, you talked about how you had to think outside of the box in terms of Absolutely. your income. And how did you guys do that? Well, I want to start by saying, you know, when the quarantine hit, we immediately had to start giving money back. Money we had already collected from deposits for weddings. I mean, 2020 was about to be wedding super year. We had so many wedding books that I could barely even do clients during the week because people get married on any day of the week now. You know, I've done Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday weddings. Who knew? But uh, we had to start the year with giving money back. And when I say we gave back thousands, thousands, because we felt so bad for these brides, you know, and the first thing we had to think about was protecting ourselves and our family. And the safest way for us to continue the business, the business was to have no contact. Yeah. And, you know, we had to really sit back, sit in that, you know, first just kind of accept it that this is where the world is going, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then um, think about ways we could still connect with our clients um, and service them and, and still make a living and make a good living at that because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't want to change my quality of life. Who wants to do that, you know? So um, once again, it was one of those moments where we just was like, hey, come over, you know? and spend the night let's have a slumber party and let's really think about this mm -hmm. and so the first question that was posed was being a busy stylist for glam lux what are some of the things that you wanted to do but didn't have time to do mm. you know servicing yeah. your clients six days a week what did you want to do that you didn't have time to do well for me automatically it was making wigs making units 
You know, I had discovered that I had a, a talent for it. I could do it quickly. Um, I had a background with using the sewing machine and sewing apparel uh, that my mom had taught me. But um, I didn't have time to sit out at my sewing machine and really figure out, you know, how to make a unit that looks great on everyone. Mm -hmm. um, so she, my sister was like, let's start there. Let's start there. So we had some investors, you know, we did a social media campaign for investment. I had investments from two of my older sisters who were also entrepreneurs themselves. Um, they donated um, some startup money to buy a crap load of hair. And when I say a crap load of hair, <laughs> oh wow, huge boxes of hair. And I just started making the wigs. That's where we started. Then we had to think about how we were going to market these wigs. You know, how can we get them into just about every client we have and clients in or in the 50 states, you know, like how can we get this all over the U.S.? We weren't even thinking internationally, even though we've had some international orders. We weren't even thinking that far yet. So um, we decided that we were going to go with, you know, five or six looks. Um, and then my sister posed the question, what if everybody can't afford these? Because mm -hmm. we're thinking, how low can we make these wigs? You know, we thought about the price point, how much we were spending on the hair versus how much time needed versus how much pro um, profit we can make off of each wig. So my sister's like, we got to come up with an alternative that people can afford, you know, right. or that people can get multiples and something that sells quicker, that's faster to make, that we can, you know, push out real quickly and make some quick, quick money. So we decided on doing crochet wigs as well, which is one third of the cost of a human hair wig. Yes, so, it is. <laughs> um, yes. And crochet hair was much easier to get than the human hair wig. So we had a lot more options. So I decided to only work on the human hair wigs and my business partner decided that she would only do the crochet or synthetic wigs. Okay. So um, we made a bunch, <laughs> we made a good inventory. And then after we had made a certain amount of wigs, we just focused on marketing, making videos, taking pictures. And we did a survey. Um, we put one wig on like three different people, including myself. And <laughs> with the survey, all the, everyone said, if I can look like Natalie, who is me, then I would definitely buy that wig. Yeah, I was about looks, to say, Natalie, <laughs> you slay those wigs. I don't even- Thank you. I would see the pictures like, I don't even wear wigs. And I'd be like, dang, that's cute though. <laughs> And that's what sells it. I'm like, dang, it's good. Like, yes. it's especially like your crochet curly one, I believe. I showed yes. that to my mom and she was like, ooh. <laughs> so yeah, that's, yes. so that forced you. But I look mom. like the women I sell to. Yeah. And that was most important. You know, I look like my target audience. Uh, we're yeah. looking for, you know, our target audience were women who are, five to 10 years younger than us to five to 10 years older than us, which would be, you know, the 30 to 55 range, the professional woman who constantly has to be on Zoom meetings, Zoom presentations, yeah. um, that has to travel, that can't see her stylist, that has a little money, who can splurge a little bit and who really wants to look good, you yeah. know? I so, want to pause um, there because the key to marketing yes. is that people shop where they see themselves. Absolutely. So during that survey, that made people say, I would look good in that wig. She is someone that, you know, she represents me. I see myself in her. I want to buy that wig. That's Absolutely. awesome. Yep. Yeah. So um, I, I think we sold about 200 wigs um, the first six months of the wow. quarantine. Yes. And honestly, when we, we launched the wiggle line in 2018 and we got a huge response, but I only sold one wig the whole year. Really? <laughs> yes. Everybody wanted one, but I think what was perfect about the quarantine is we had time to go live. We went live yeah. every week. We told our audience, we're going to, we're, we're going to talk to you about what you want to talk about every Thursday at five o'clock. And I realized 
every week we had double the viewers, double the viewers, mm-hmm. double the viewers. And it just got so big. So we were like, listen, let's put the wigs out. Let's show every wig. I showed, you know, I showed my real hair, how I style it underneath, put the wig cap on. I showed them the parts of the wig, the difference between a closure and a frontal, um, a synthetic and a human. We talked about hot tools, how to style them you know, how easy they are to wear, if they'll come off or not, you know, all the questions <laughs> that <laughs> our uh, clients had. And we had clients who had never worn wigs before. So the lives were really, really um, helpful when it, when it came to marketing the wigs and getting people in wigs that were afraid, you know, before. Yeah. And yeah. so this was the perfect time to try one because, you know, you couldn't really be out, right? So, you know, <laughs> no. let me just try one in the comfort of my own home and see how this looks. Absolutely. So, so, so you went on live and you went on Instagram or Facebook? We went on Facebook. Um, and funny story about that. We tried to go on Instagram. I don't want to say try. We did. We went on Instagram and uh, we noticed that our audience was a little younger and a little meaner. Uh, when I say meaner, um, the comments were kind of negative. Um, they weren't really productive or conducive to what we were trying to do on the live. You know, the goal of the live was to answer the questions and, and for it to be um, more informative than showing off. You know, okay. we, wanted, we wanted to inform our viewers and, and give them confidence in, in actually buying a wig online. And um, some of the comments were just, you know, Ooh, that, that lace though, or that eyebrow though, or, you know, just, yeah, yeah. Cause (laughs) you know, and then they were jumping on and jumping off and, you know, so we decided to stick with Facebook because we realized that that's where our target audience is. And yeah, um, the, the target audience is huge. So two things she mentioned that twice. So if you guys are, are like really listening, I hope you guys are tuning into the fact that Both times, like when they started their business, they figured out their target audience. And then when they're marketing their target audience again. And so there's a different audience on Facebook than there are on Instagram. And you got to know where they live, like which one makes sense for you guys. And I do know that everyone has both, but some people live on one more than others. So I love that you guys kind of figured out which one was going to be best for you based on really trial and error. (laughs) Yes. And, and don't get me wrong, Instagram, you know, it's a great platform. We definitely still use Instagram, but we, we post to the stories and our personal page. We don't post videos there. We're, we were thinking about starting to do some reels there, but they would more than likely be transferred from like TikTok videos. So if we did a TikTok, we just transfer it over to Instagram reels, but we will not go on live on Instagram because most of our followers who, who engage with us are um, on Facebook and that's their chosen platform. You know, they'll yeah. jump on a Facebook live before they will Instagram live. So, yeah, I think know. that's, so the pivot really came from figuring out how to do non-contact services. So you guys yes. did the wigs, started off mm-hmm. with the idea of human hair wigs and then realized that maybe you should do something a little less affordable. So did you find that, or more affordable, I should say, did Mm -hmm. you find that people were buying the crochet wigs first? And then when they did they transition into the human, like a larger investment after? Yes, yes. You know, it's easy to stick your toe in the water versus putting your whole foot in, right? So (laughs) they stuck their toe in and got the synthetic wigs because it was it was less of a risk, less of an investment. If it didn't work out, you know, you're out of less money Mm -hmm. than um, investing in a a human hair wig, which is three times, you know, the cost of a synthetic wig. So um, we did a sale Mm -hmm. on that, (laughs) on those synthetic wigs. So, you know, the, the wig was $75. which was, you know, yeah, you know, and the cost of the synthetic hair alone was, was, you know, between 40 and $50. So we were really, you know, yeah, that was a steal, but we needed, we needed to get the buzz going. And, you know, we were, we put a postcard in there and we asked you to wear your wig, post it and put these hashtags on there. So people know where to find the wig. So we know when you post, you put the hashtag on there, we search the hashtag, we see your wig, and then we're posting 
you know, everybody look who's got our wig. Doesn't she look amazing? You know exactly where to get it. You can go to the website, order you one for yourself. We did free shipping. Okay. Through the whole quarantine, you know, um, we bought it back for Black Friday and the holiday. Um, it's back off again, but we did free shipping and we did the introductory $75. And after people got comfortable with crochet wigs, we noticed they were coming back. Mm -hmm. and buying the human hair wigs and they weren't buying just one you know they were getting two and three at a time or gifting yeah send my mom one send my sister one we had men buying them for their mothers for their aunt mother's day they were you know they were buying them up so any kind of holiday anything we were using that to market this is the perfect gift give the gift of hair you know (laughs) hair it's such a sensitive um, topic for it women. Is. It's, you know, so um, giving the gift of hair, it, you know, it could be great or it could be a disaster, but <laughs> looks well, like, you know, from the feedback, you know, it's, it's been a really good and positive experience and we've gained a lot of new clients, um, especially with me, you know, opening my doors again and being able to service clients, you know, at a 25% capacity in California. But I've got a lot of new clients just from um, doing the Facebook lives and being wow. someone, you know, people can trust, right? Yeah. So that's a big thing. You built your credibility, yeah. but it didn't just stop with wigs though. You guys did other things. You guys had shirts, you had Absolutely. Lashes. How did you transition yes. to that? Well, you know, that kind of, um, how do I, well, that was my business partner. You know, we have our duties in the business. I'm I do all the accounting (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and my sister is the visionary. And so my, we made her the visionary because she's always coming up with ideas. 80% of them I shoot down, (laughs) but the ones that I, that piqued my interest immediately, I'm like, give me some more information on that. So my sister was like, I think we should invest in a cricket and a heat press. And I'm like, what is that? And why? Like, why would we do that? And so um, we caught on to the election and she was like, look, so she made, she made a shirt and now she had to buy it. She had to front the money for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I reimbursed her with the business, but she bought a heat press and a cricket and made a shirt. And I was like, this is cute. Where'd you get that? And she was like, I did that. <laughs> She's like, and I think we should put these on the website. And so um, we did uh, bomb, uh, Biden Harris. 2020 shirts, uh, Lovecraft Country, uh, just anything that was pop culture that people were looking for and searching for. My sister was figuring out designs and putting them on shirts. Then um, we decided since we were on live all the time and people were always asking us about what lipstick color is that? What lashes you have on? We were like, why not sell lashes? And the, mm-hmm. and the thing was, Nicole's like, everybody's selling lashes. I said, ah, but does everybody um, have the reputation you have? Because if you have it on, then that means it's a good product and they'll want to get it. So um, we bought up a bunch of lashes wholesale, you know, branded them, curated which ones we liked, which ones we would wear. And that's what we put up on the website and, and launched the lash line. And mm-hmm. um yeah. And so just, you know, naming them after Hollywood starlets, you know, all that is, is it goes with marketing and, you know, uh, what and else it fits your brand. It fits yeah, your it fits brand. brand. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, so, um, I do find it interesting that because you guys are in the beauty industry that you would choose t-shirts, right? Like, <laughs> like hair right. lashes make sense. Right. But like, the fact that you guys were like, well, we're going to step out and do these shirts. And what I did notice is that when you posted the shirts, guess what you had on? Your lashes and your and wig. Your, and your wigs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every time we went on live, you know, I constantly kept any kind of extensions or natural hairstyling out and kept my hair. My hair was in cornrows the whole six months of, of the quarantine because. I had to wear these wigs. I had to wear these wigs out mm-hmm. on the street. You know, when I'm doing my daily walk, seeing people, I had to wear them on the live. You know, anytime we were marketing, we had on everything glam lux. 
Glamlux shirt, Glamlux lashes, Glamlux hair. We mm -hmm. even have, you know, we used to have a little cosmetic line. I shouldn't say little. Uh, we had a cosmetic line when we first started, you know, but uh, even still, what lipstick is that? Oh, that's a Glamlux color. You want one? You know, we, yeah. we can get you one. So uh, <laughs> absolutely marketing from head to toe. Um, and even during the quarantine, we still had a few little jobs um, that were COVID safe, um, but we would bring all of our merchandise with us too. So if we were doing five faces for a commercial, we would definitely bring um, merchandise and sell it there too. And then say, Here, here's our card. Here's, you know, here's an invitation to the website, you know, go on, see if there's anything else you like, you know, you like my hair, it's on the website. You can have one too. So that, that goes back to something I like to say is you guys are asking for the sale. And I think that yes. um, that's important because when you ask for the sale, if someone sees uh, your hair, your makeup or whatever, looking beautiful, and that's what you do. I find it interesting when hairstylists, I've seen this happen before where they'll just say, thank you. And you're like, oh, what? Okay. <laughs> you know, when someone comes to me and I'm walking around and they're like, oh my gosh, I love your hair, your makeup or whatever. I'm like, oh, well, I'm a hair and makeup artist and this is what I do. I work out of Pasadena and, you know, and I, that's like an open invitation to, to sell yourself. So for any newbies out there, you have to look the part. And when you do, mm -hmm. you'll attract like-minded people. And then what happens from there is you can introduce yourself and ask for the sale, meaning introduce yourself as a hairstylist, let them know you where you work, how you work, what you do and all of that. And I always say that if you're an extension specialist, like for example, if, if Natalie as a wig maker never wore a wig, you would be like, I don't trust that she. Yes, she don't even wear her own wig. <laughs> <laughs> but she want me to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's why I'm like, you can't say you do something and never, I'm an extension specialist. I wear extensions all the time. And the like three days you see me with the, my own hair with the bun on my head, like it's a chill day, but 90% of the time, actually 95% of the time I have extensions in because I'm an extension specialist. specialist. Mm -hmm. And you can't not have what you, you have to have what you do. All right. Mm -hmm. So we talked about like thinking outside of the box. We talked about how you guys pivoted your business. Did you think that it would go as far as it did? Like you guys put a lot of time and energy and a lot of people do put a lot of time and energy, but still don't get the results. So what do you think right. you guys did that, you know, produce the results? Um, honestly, we didn't give up. Um, and we had many reasons to give up, you know, if things weren't, selling like we thought they would, or we invested a lot of money in this particular brand of hair and um, it's not selling, then we had to go back to the drawing board um, and figure out how to remarket it. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people fail is they'll have the vision, but they won't have the tenacity to execute the plan. Um, and you really have to, you really have to believe in your product. Like, like a crazy lady believe in it you know yeah. and I had I had a lot of reasons not to believe in my wigs because um I had made several of them and only sold one you know in 2018 and here we are 2020 and my sister's like let's relaunch it and I'm like we did that we went live we had models you know and Nicole's like let's give the people what they want though you know so if they want to see it on someone who looks like them or someone who's closer to their age, then that's what we need to do. We need to help them see the vision. If they mm -hmm. can't visualize it on their heads, then they're not going to spend the money on it. Mm -hmm. So, um, gosh, I mean, even when it came down to like my lace runs, I could sell lace closure wigs, you know, easily. But my lace fronts, you know, I'm like, why are people not buying them? Well, they're intimidating, you know, yeah. it's intimidating. <laughs> they're, they're intimidating. Yes. And so, you know, then Nicole's like, well, then we have to do a live on it. You know, mm -hmm. we have to do a live and show them how easy it is to put a lace front wig. You don't need the glue. You don't need the got to be, you know, with our wigs, you can put it on easily, do a tiny bit of manipulation with a hot tool and then, you know, you're good to, you're go. Good to go. And so that, that was a turning point in selling the lace front wigs. And 
with style and the synthetic wigs, the same thing. We had a lot of people buy those $75 uh, crochet wigs, but then they just put it on their head and they were like, how come I don't look like your picture? Well, honey. <laughs> well, honey, <laughs> you don't just shake it and plop it on. <laughs> yes. You have to zhuzh it a little bit. You have mm. to make it you. I made it me for the picture. Let me show you how I made it me. So okay. once again, another live. And was the lives were great because, you know, as we started getting new viewers and new clients, we were able to tag them in um, on the live and say, hey, you're interested in the wand curl? Well, we did a live on that. Follow us on Facebook mm -hmm. <laughs> if you're yeah. not doing that already. And then I will tag you in the video with the, the wigs you're interested in. And you can see how I put them on, how I style them, you know, how I even take care of them. And so, so you, guys, you guys started building a tutorial, almost like a tutorial list. So like, if you got that absolutely question again, you could be like, Hey, here's the video, go check yes. it out. And yes. so that's, um, Hey guys, that's a good tip for your website. You can have a private mm -hmm. area for your clients frequently asked questions. There's a video for you. Yes. And I've, you know, when you're making wigs, you know, people have the same question over and over again. Um, and so the, the videos were very helpful when it came to like, almost like Q and a, mm -hmm. you know, and then my sister's great at editing. She would edit and just pull important snippets and then those are things we can email clients or people who have questions mm -hmm. um, about the units specific questions we can send them little snippets of when we answer those questions uh, oh, about awesome. the units that mm -hmm. that takes your um, FAQs to a whole nother level when you mm -hmm. can just send them like a little it's almost like you're tailoring um you're making the experience even better for them because it, yes. it looks like you took the additional effort to create a video for it. And that goes back to making sure your client's experience is amazing from start to finish. And then there really won't be a finish because you've yeah. established yourself. So I'm like, okay, glam looks. I like these wigs. Oh man. Okay. Oh, I don't know how to do this. Let me ask video being sent. Oh, wow. She sent me a video. Well, let me mm -hmm. see what these lashes talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it just goes from that. Yes. I'm not going to lie. When I love customer service, I end up looking to see if that business has it first before mm -hmm. I move on. Um, Absolutely. So you yeah. guys sold to your clients in on Facebook lives, um, mm -hmm. your Instagram are kind of, but your website, um, is was huge. And I want to stop there for a moment because a lot of hairstylists don't have websites. They have mm. their Instagram, um, not even Facebook. I feel like Facebook has been kind of phasing out, um, especially for the newer hairstylists that are just into, yeah. into the industry. They're putting all their time and energy into Instagram and then they don't have a website. So what would you say to those hairstylists that think a website is a waste of time? I, um, for me, I feel like a website is a tool to help you earn money while you sleep. Um, and that's how we had to look at the website, you know, Who's going to continue? We want to, we want a voice 24 mm seven. -hmm. So we want you to be able to go to a website, find out everything you need to, to learn about us, get your questions answered, view all our products. Um, and then we want to keep in touch with you. And websites are really good to um, introduce new products and you don't have to market um, as vigorous as you would if, if you didn't have a website, you know, websites are, it's, it's basically your footprint, yeah. <laughs> I feel like. Um, yeah, I so, think it is. You want to know why? Yeah. It's because, okay, I always tell people who say that, like any of you guys who, because, um, you know, I, I talk to hairstylists all the time, trying to coach them through their business. And one of the things that they tell me that, oh, um, a website is a waste of time. I'm like, so what would happen if Instagram shut down? All your mm -hmm. followers are on Instagram. How would you reach them? 
It is your footprint because if you if you have traffic coming to your website, you have you can capture their information. You can tell them about product launches. You can um, make exclusive offers to those people. I mean, there's so many things that you can do. But what I also like that you said is that it's your footprint in the sense that um, your Instagram, I like to call Instagram like the appetizer and then your website yes. is like the meat and potatoes. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. You're, you're completely right. Yeah, because yes. then you can, that's where you have control over your audience, where Instagram, you can only do what they are allowing you to do. So um, tell me what were some of your key things that you feel you, you and your sister did to build your brand? Like just to reiterate, what were some of the key things that you built to make your business outside of the chair successful? Um, the first thing we always talk about, um, when it comes to Glamlux is the experience. We want to offer, you know, exceptional customer service. When you, when you walk away, it's not just about your hair and makeup. It's about how you were treated, um, as a client, you know, how special you felt. Um, we like to be like, especially when we're doing weddings, you know, mm -hmm. we want you to know that we're there for you. This is your day. Um, and no one else matters. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to do everything we can to make you happy. We're going to be on time. We're going to look the part, <laughs> you know, we're going to have all our tools there. Everything's going to be sanitized, fresh and clean. Okay. So the experience is, is, is one thing that we're really big on when it comes to our branding. The other thing is, um, we want to keep up with, um, what's popular pop culture you know so our looks are all they're they're timeless but they're appropriate um for the time period so we don't want to get stuck in things we always do and always do well you know mm -hmm. we'll have some we'll have some items or some services that are kind of cutting edge that's why my sister started doing um the microblading um micro shading and then ombre and you know we've always tried to make it a point to keep up with the hottest trends and where hair and makeup is going. Um, so we wanna be current. And um, the other thing is we, uh, our, we have a slogan that says beauty forever. So we wanna give you a product that's quality, um, that's gonna last. Uh, we wanna give you information and tools that you can keep and use and, and kind of remember us by. You know, with the makeup classes we used to give before the quarantine, you know, tips and tricks that are that are timeless. Yeah. Um, um, and so, you know, the brand, we, the name is Glamlux with two X's because we're twins. Yeah. This is a partnership, you know, and we want people to remember that, that, you know, it's the two of us that built this together. And, um, you know, I don't know what else. Well, <laughs> I think you're missing one. You things. guys. I think you're missing one. You guys really studied your your audience. You guys studied your audience. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's not. I'm telling you, when I'm talking to some of these um, glampreneurs, they don't always think about that. They just know this yeah. is what I love to do. And I think you guys took so much time to understand your audience because your audience was you. You know what I mean? Yes. It was yes. who you were. And so I, I think that's key in your success because you understood like, okay, this is how we need to move and shake because the, our audience, our target audience is, they're going to be interested in this, you know? Um, and I think that that was part of your success because not everyone thinks of that, you know? And yeah. I think when you have a different background, um, I believe that going to school first, not saying everyone needs to do this, but right. I think it helps you come from a different perspective than just beauty is what I do. I love it. It's my talent. It, it helps you look at all sides of the picture when it comes to being a glampreneur, because um, yes. I think if I wouldn't have went to college first, I don't know if I would have as much knowledge as I had now, or I might've, but it might've taken me longer. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So we talked about a lot. Is there like anything that um, you feel would help a brand new, not someone who's been in the industry, but a brand new hairstylist, just like a little um, like, Hey, if you're just starting in the middle of a pandemic 
you know, this is the one <laughs> to focus on. Um, I would, I would definitely say focus on getting as much education as you can get in, in your industry or um, focus on uh, building your talents and your repertoire and finding out what your, your niche is, so to say, um, what your specialty would be and really hone in and focus on that. Um, when we started Glam Lux, uh, we, we focused on wedding hair and makeup because that's what we realized there was a need for. Um, and it was almost, I don't wanna say it was an untapped market, but um, we could really be successful because there wasn't a lot of competition uh, when it came to uh, servicing African-American brides um, in this Los Angeles area um, and getting it all in one spot, hair and makeup and not having to outsource different people. So I would definitely say um, focus on what your niche would be, what you do well, educate yourself as much as you can even if it means, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, traveling outside of your city to get that education and um, to just start doing it, really. Um, and, then, and then market yourself, get everything you need, get your website together, clean up your social media, only post your best work, uh, which, is a, which was a hard pill to swallow when it came to me and my sister. Uh, when we talked about what our Instagram would look like. Everything was a talk. Everything was a meeting. Everything. What is the Instagram going to look like? You know, we're only going to post our best work. We're only going to post this and this and this. And everything we did was very, very strategic. Mm -hmm. So if you're just starting out um, in a quarantine, you need to find a product or uh, a service that that is not overly saturated. Even though there's room for everyone, Find something that's not overly saturated, get great at it, and then start expanding, you know, your, your, your goods and your services. That would be my advice. That's good advice, actually. That's really good Thank advice. You. <laughs> yeah, I'm like thinking like, wow, because that was advice. That's really why this podcast is called Life After Beauty School. And like my subtitle is what I wish someone told me, because these are things that I wish people would have said instead of me figuring it out along the way. So I think yes. that was really great advice. Even if you're not um, new into the industry, if maybe you need to pivot and switch something around. So at the You know end, what I wish someone told me? What? That I was not going to learn everything I needed to learn in hair school. Oh, well, that's just, you know, hair school is just how can we pass this test? How can you, how do, can hair <laughs> how can you do hair safely? And how right. can you, it was not about skill at all. I didn't know that. I mean, when I started 20 years ago, I mean, after, you know, close to the time I finished, I realized that, but I had to spend a lot of money. I really had to invest in myself yeah. after hair school. And I was not, I was not prepared to do that. I did it, but I had to make a lot of sacrifices. I had to jump on a lot of planes. You know, yeah. I did. I followed um, stylists that I wanted to emulate. Yeah. And I got in their DMs and said, Hey, when you give a class or when you're just doing a look and learn, let me know I'm coming. And when I tell you I was in Philadelphia, I was in Dallas, I was in Houston. Wow. I was there at these classes because I didn't want to be afraid of anything when it came to hair. Cause when I first got out of hair school, I was, I was definitely afraid of haircuts. So like, don't ask me for no shortcut. I can't do no Tony Braxton, no Holly Berry. That ain't me. I do weave. And I didn't want yeah. to be that person. Yeah. You know? So I really had to invest in me. And I feel like I spent more money um, <laughs> after hair school than I did paying tuition. But I wish someone would have told me that, like, get your coin together <laughs> because this is just the beginning. <laughs> this is not, we didn't teach you nothing but pass and stay bored, really. Right. Because um, right, that right. is the bare minimum. And that's funny because I always say I was deathly afraid of color. Like that was yeah. my thing. I could do the hair cutting, but color, I was like, that's too many. Like what happens if I lift and it doesn't look like what it's supposed to look like? You know what I mean? Yes. I did not like the unknown of hair color. Yes. And so yeah. I, that's what I had to do. I had to take classes. I was... Um, and I would only be like, oh no, I only do gray coverage. Gray coverage makes you the most amount of money anyway. But I'm like, 
I don't know now it's I don't do color all the time but when I get to do something really fun it's exciting where back in the day I would have been like oh uh uh-uh no thanks (laughs) (laughs) so that's awesome I like that you brought that up because that's real she wanted to make sure y'all got that point too yes (laughs) yes don't be fooled don't be fooled come out of hair school balling (laughs) that's not how it works no it takes time (laughs) you have to invest Yes. And you have to be willing to be a lifelong learner. I have just, I have submitted to that. There's always going to be someone better than you. Someone who comes up with the concept that's mind blowing. It may not be you, but um, continue to learn, continue to invest in yourself because it's room for all of us. There really is. There really Mm -hmm. is. Yes. Okay. So before I end every podcast, I like to do an inspirational quote, words to live by, encouragement. So I'm going to ask you, Natalie, what is your words to give the Glampreneurs listening? Well, it's, it's, it's three simple words with a huge meaning and um, it's do it afraid, do it afraid. If you know, don't be afraid to take the leap don't be afraid to take the risk because you you never would have known if you didn't try, if you didn't step out um, and be the person who wasn't afraid to um, invent the next hair extension, invent the next um, protein <laughs> treatment yeah. for your hair, something revolutionary. Don't be afraid. Do it afraid. And don't tell everybody. You know, <laughs> that part. don't don't tell everybody. Don't walk around telling people what you about to do. You just need to do it. Okay. And then let them see like, oh, she wasn't playing. Oh, let me jump on her bandwagon. Oh, I need to be connected to somebody like her. Be a doer, not a talker. Do it afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And if you are, do it afraid. (laughs) Do it afraid. That's good words. That's words. Do it afraid. Do it afraid anyway. So Glampreneurs, um, I want you guys to know that how can they reach out to you? And I'll be sure to put it out in uh, the show notes as well. But what, tell us your IG handle and then also tell us your website. Okay. Um, Our website is glamlux.com. That's G-L-A-M-L-U- XXE, two X's for the twins, glamlux.com. Our Instagram is glamlux, simple as that. And our Facebook is glamlux beauty. Awesome. Yeah. And we have live chat if you have a question or you want some additional information. There's a live chat box on the website. It's connected to me. So you could talk to me any time of day. Sometimes you'll get Mimi and sometimes you'll get website Natalie but uh, we're available <laughs> 24 we're available that's right I love it all right glampreneurs so we're gonna wrap up this show don't forget to do it afraid that's and right. um check out life after beauty school aka labs every single Wednesday giving you gems every single Wednesday so glampreneurs I'll see you guys next time and stay connected